Let's talk about American Financing, our sponsor for the uh, Blaze this half hour or this hour. They're making it possible for Blaze viewers and uh, and Stu. Talk to me a little bit about your experience. They're making it possible for me to not have to pay too much for my mortgage, which is something I very much appreciate. American Financing, uh, I started working with them. It was after you had started. I didn't even know that they existed. And I started talking to them when I needed to work on a mortgage. And I wanted to kind of come up with very, some would say loan sharky uh scheme I, some I people would, some yeah, people said that, that that's what you were you know? looking for uh and i kept i went to them and i said okay can you do this and they said that's not a sane thing to do <laughs> um, but they gave me what you know they went through the whole thing and they said uh I, I told them what my other offers were and they said you know what i think honestly if you, for what you're looking for that one might be the best one this other company we was, prefer not to go to jail right but <laughs> yeah. uh you know if you want to do that so i did take that other uh loan uh mm. went back to them for another real estate transaction and and this one was a different situation they had the best uh, offer by far and uh got a loan through american financing the, the point is that they're not they're not high pressure they just do a really good job explaining everything to you it's 800-906-2440 or americanfinancing.net about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. We want to talk to you about schools. Everybody is saying, oh, we got to get our schools back open we gotta get our kids in schools it's crazy it's like saying we gotta i'm Uyghur. we gotta get those concentration camps open up again because they were great you know why is my why are my kids going into the concentration camp are they not Uyghurs too what are we doing what are what kind of curriculum is coming your way for your kids and you're paying for it will you stand up to stop it All this and more in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Slowly but surely, at least in some states, it's starting to be okay again to, uh, you know, go out to businesses. It's coming at the perfect time. Weather warming up, you still feel a little more like getting out anyway. And uh, you'd like to go to places more than Home Depot and Sherwin-Williams. Remember, it was a year ago that we were all going. It was okay to go into Home Depot they were crowded. I mean, what, what? I don't. All the fumes kill the coronavirus. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I remember thinking at the time, I think Sherwin-Williams, all of the landscaping companies, all of the home improvement stores, they're all in on this. this. That's who created coronavirus. Well, you can go out now, at least in Texas, today is the day and more coming this week. If you've never looked at a Hustler mower and you're thinking about getting a new lawnmower, Uh, you really need to go out and find a Hustler dealer. These are the people that invented the zero-turn mowers. Take it out for a test spin. Try the other ones, too. You might actually find that the prospect of mowing your yard just got a little more interesting. They are fast, incredibly maneuverable, and they're going to cut the time that you spend mowing your yard in about half. Again, they invented the zero turn. They've been, they've been building these things forever. They started in like 1960. So I think they're the ones who developed it. They're the ones who have been keeping all of our medians of our highways and our football stadiums. Those are the hustler turf mowers. 
Now they're available for you. Go out and test drive one. Check out HustlerTurf.com. Find a dealer near you. HustlerTurf.com. The Federalist reported last week that Naperville 203 Community School District, the staff and faculty attended a countywide Equity Institute training on February 26th. A whistleblower sent quotes from the Keystone speaker, Dina Simmons, and nine other anti-racist coaches to the Federalist, and they published it, as well as evidence such as PowerPoints from the uh, training insisting that America is institutionally racist. Other teachers also provided statements. One PowerPoint slide in the Valbrum Consulting Group presentation said the term Make America Great Again is covert racism comparable to the n-word hate crimes lynching and the clan now that might be a little hyperbole <laughs> but according to uh the slide if you're part of half of the country that voted for uh, president donald trump you're a racist and a white supremacist so some people have spoken out about this, and I'm going to give you the story a little later. They spoke out about it. Teachers started speaking out, it, and they are being hammered. And this school district is doubling down on this. Now, this goes along with another story. If you liked Common Core, you're going to love the anti-American civics project because... The left has decided, you know what? We're not teaching civics. And I think everybody agrees with that. We're not teaching history. We're not teaching civics. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. Well, this one is bipartisan, and it's a state-led coalition. And uh, they've got a vision for us. It's a roadmap. 300 leading scholars, bipartisan, got together for 17 months and put together a roadmap of what to teach. And it's great. Now, like I said, it is bipartisan. Um, it, it's it's bipartisan. Well, they're out of the 300, there are maybe 10 Republicans. And, of course, no Republican would ever, Mitt Romney, ever, you know, engage in something, Mitt Romney, that isn't, you know, true blue, red, white, and blue, founding fathers, you know, strict constitutionalist kind of thinking. Mitt Romney. Now, this is this happened right after uh, the 1776 project that Donald Trump unveiled uh, was called racist and pulled immediately. I think on one of the first days that uh, Joe Biden was in office. Well, one of the guys who was instrumental of this, he was the chairman of the 1776 commission. He's also the president of Hillsdale College. The only college that I for sure will say yes to if my kids decide to go to college. Uh, Dr. Larry uh, Arn, how are you, sir? I'm very well, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, first of all, uh, when Biden came out and said that your 1776 report, I read it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, and they said that it was racist. There were no historians involved in, the, in this. Can, can you tell me about the historians, first of all? No historians in this, huh? Well, Victor Davis Hanson, one of the greatest historians in the land, mm -hmm. uh, 
Charles Kessler, who's a political scientist and a student of the American founding for 40 years now. And, you know, I know a little bit about it. Uh, <laughs> so was, really? Yeah, huh. you know, huh. it, uh, it was, uh, he, the, the commission was, what, 17 people. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, there's some serious people on there. Uh, John Gibbs, who's been a, uh, worked in the government in various administrations and civil rights. Peter Kersenow is another one. And uh, they, you know, and we, we, uh, we had about five weeks. I, I actually thought, call me naive, that uh, Biden might, you know, expand the commission, work with the commission. Mm. And uh, I think it was by three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, after he was inaugurated in the late morning, uh, the whole thing was wiped off the White House website and was con- condemned and one- abolished in one of his first 17 executive orders as racist. How? And how is it? Explain to me how they justify that. Uh, well, it's what you were talking about earlier about what's going on in the schools. Uh, you're a racist unless you admit that the country was founded as a racist country but and it, is structured as one. It wasn't. I mean, well, it, all it, history it, will point to it, You can look at Jamestown and say that that was part of slavery. But if you look at the pilgrims, the first slave ship that arrived, they freed all the slaves. That's right. Yeah. And they and, you know, I mean, Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson was a slaveholder and he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Thomas Jefferson wrote about slavery that I, I tremble for my country when I think that God is just. And, and Thomas Jefferson was the chief instrument in, in assuring that the Northwest Territory, where I live in Michigan and other states, uh, would never have slavery in it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and so the first time a free government in all of history grew, it grew without colonies. They were territories, soon to be states. And it grew with a ban on slavery forever in it. And so that's an achievement. There's hardly anything like that, precedent to that in history. And so, and, and, it, and the key point, the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence are uniform. I mean, the records are rich, right, in saying that slavery is condemned by the principle of equality in the Declaration of Independence. If you read the first draft of the Declaration of Independence, there's a paragraph written by Jefferson in his own hand where he capitalizes the word men, where he says the king has has violated every sacred right um, given by God by capturing uh, and transporting uh, slaves and then having an open auction where he sells these, quote, capital letters, men on the open market. That's pretty clear. Very. And, and see, that's a, that's a really great point, because, uh, of course, America is not now and was not then a perfect country. And that beautiful passage that Jefferson wrote was not in the final document. Right. And the reason was so, some of the delegates of the Constitutional Convention were uncomfortable with it because they thought it would live, lead to a slave revolt. So that means, yeah, they didn't know exactly how they were going to live together, black and white, all alike. And, that, that, and by the way, that had never happened before. Right. And so, so you know, you have to... Uh, another thing about this trend in history is 
it collapses all the moral distinctions, right? So the woke kids on college campuses will stand and chant at somebody who says something they don't like. You are killing me, right? So you're being called a murderer for something you said. And, and th- this is the same thing. If it wasn't perfect in the past, and see, it, it wasn't perfect. It was just the best. Because this question of how are we going to live together, black and white alike, how are we going to do that, that is the question that is put by the Declaration of Independence. And, and so that document, there is no ground upon which to condemn slavery or discrimination or injustice that is not stated most beautifully in the American Declaration of Independence. The, 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 not the northern states, but the New England states uh, or colonies at the time, if they would have been a country, they would have been the first in the world to abolish slavery. But then states like New York, they were pretty, you know, uh, engaged in, in slavery. Um, what is it that they didn't understand when they say they were afraid of the slave revolt? Why wasn't New England afraid of that? Because they never had slaves being a major part of their society and black people could vote and were in office and one no, held well, a judgeship? They, they had slavery. All the states had slavery. By the time the founding generation had uh, retired, they had abolished slavery in 60% of the Union. Now, the places where they didn't abolish it, uh, which are mostly in the states that eventually became the Confederacy, uh, those states had many more because they had a labor system that depended on them. And that's the place. It's, it's not just that there were many more slaves. Uh, it's the place where John C. Calhoun, you, by the way, you, the first time I ever met you, you, were ta- we, you and I talked about this point. Hmm. Uh, John C. Calhoun was the apostle of the positive good school of slavery. And he studied with, with people, the students connected to Friedrich Hegel. And Friedrich Hegel and German historicism, which is the, the, the father both of Nazism and of communism and of American mm-hmm. progressivism, yep. is the idea that we evolve. And so we're not, we don't have a nature. You know, the old understanding is if it's born and it starts talking, it means it's a human. And it doesn't make any difference what it looks like, because only humans do that, see. And, and that's nature. That's the, the essence and identity of a thing. History is everything evolves over time and one thing shades into another. And it's an easy step from there uh, to say either the left wing or the right wing thing. The left wing thing is good. Then these explorers of ours, we've evolved to the place where we can destroy them. Or the right wing thing. The people who are our inferiors have invol- evolved to be our inferiors and, and they must be our slaves. It would be, Calhoun says, an abomination to live with them as equals. Now, that doctrine is not present in the American Revolution. It grows up later, uh, about a generation and a half later, in ideas that came from modern historicism, which are the most virulent ideas stalking the world to this very day. And, and that means that if you condemn the founders... You're condemning the people who were the foremost enemies of that kind of thinking, and you're mistaking. Because, see, you know, I, I, we, we, I, Hillsdale College turns out to be an abolitionist college, and we, you know, Frederick Douglass spoke here twice. We have statues wow. of him and Lincoln and things like that. If I had John Calhoun, I certainly wouldn't like the thing. 
right? Because that was not a good guy. But uh, but uh, would I tear it down? Well, that's a judgment. I don't know what I'd do about it. But because uh, because why? That's another point about this report. The last thing in the world that should be controversial is history, mm-hmm. because history has happened, right? Uh, Aristotle says this alone is denied even to God to make what has been not to have been, right? In other words, if you want to know, you know, I studied with Martin Gilbert, the official biographer of Winston Churchill, and he's, he's, he's probably the greatest historian in the 20th century. And he used to say, in the writing of 19th and 20th century history, there is no room for the word perhaps. That's to say, yeah. look it up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the literature about this, uh, you know, the established historians, the, 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 the premier of them is Gordon Wood. And he's a student of Bernard Balin, who was at Harvard, and he was the premier American history historian. And Gordon Wood writes in response to that crazy 1619 project of The New York Times, he writes, no colonist. Think what a statement that is. No colonist ever said that the purpose of the colony was to uh, perpetuate slavery. And that, and that, that means that, that you, you can't, it's such a misunderstanding, you know, if uh, the world that they were rebelling against, the American colonists, was a world of aristocracy. Mm-hmm. The British aristocracy was the mildest and the best aristocracy, but it was still an aristocracy. And that meant they were born to privilege and rule. And that is specifically forbidden in the Constitution of the United States. Hang on just a second. We're uh, we're talking to uh, Dr. Larry Arn. He is the um, the former chairman of the 1776 Commission and the president of Hillsdale College. If you don't have online classes from his Hillsdale, you should just look it up online. I I give my monthly uh, fee and and learn from the brilliant minds at Hillsdale College all the time. Uh, you should do that. Hillsdale College dot or it's actually just Hillsdale dot edu. Back in one minute. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about my Patriot Supply. They have cornered the market on the most amazing survival and preparedness food out there. I had to know I've eaten their food and I've eaten their food, quite honestly, because my wife went away for a couple of days and I didn't want to go to the store and there was nothing in the house. And I was like. Hmm, wait a minute. Yeah, the wife goes away. You just give up on life after about 48 hours. You really do. Mm -hmm. You really do. If you're in the middle of a difficult situation where you need an extra amount of food to get you and your family by, natural disasters are not in short supply. Standing in line for hours just to get some food is not the way to go. Panicking is not the way to go. My Patriot Supply is... Right now, you can secure a four-week, three-month, or even a year's worth of emergency food, all providing 200 calories, or sorry, 2,000 calories a day. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, get their food storage you need before the emergency. It'll ship in one to two days and arrive discreetly at your door. Don't wait. Prepare now. MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. 10 seconds, station ID. We're doing a special tonight uh, at 9 p.m. about history and what you need to know and the ways you can stand up against this distortion of history. Um, 
doctor, how how much trouble are our children in, especially with this new uh, Biden, uh, you know, civics class that is coming in? Well, the uh, in the the modern form of tyranny is totalitarianism. Uh, that word was invented in the 1930s and in, in response to the creation of the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany. And totalitarianism, that means they control everything. And the most important thing to control is the children. And, uh, you know, right, they, they, they are going to take over the education. They have extensively taken over the education of our children, and they tell them things that are soul-destroying. Right. First of all, they deprive the past of all authority. And then something has to replace that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the doctrines that dominate. You read some of them at the beginning of this hour. And, and, uh, and the kids, and see, they're just kids, right? And so if you, they, they don't get the habit of reading a thing for themselves to find out what it means. See, and that's, you know, at Hillsdale College, it's a very difficult college. It's mm-hmm. great if I do say so myself. Yeah. We teach history through original source documents, right? And that means, you know, you, you read Abraham Lincoln and you read John Calhoun. And those are two enemies, right? They're not quite contemporaries. But, uh, uh, and, you know, Stephen Douglas and Frederick Douglas. And, and that means there's a huge argument in America and you read both sides of it. And we are now approaching, though, uh, a society where you're not allowed to even utter a question. You're not allowed to question authority. You're not allowed to read the other side. If it's deemed politically incorrect, you're in trouble for it. You'll be canceled. And, and it's not an argument. You know, I mean, the, the New York Times, on the basis of, uh, had a headline on about our 1776 commission report, which, as you thank you for saying, is a beautiful document. 30 seconds. Uh, it, it, they said, commission defends founding of America on the basis of slavery. And, of course, what the report says is that it was not founded on that basis. Uh, I can't thank you enough for all of the work that you've done. I'd love to have you on again, uh, Dr. Larry Arn from Hillsdale.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. AMAC. AMAC. I don't know about you, but I consider myself a mature fellow. Yes, yes. And uh, as such, I'd rather enjoy the prospect of being part of a mature group that not only provides me with comprehensive lifts of benefits, you know, uh, because I do watch my pennies, but uh, it also stands up and fights for me in Washington. I mean, uh, Buffy and I, we can't fight. We're busy at the club and things and whatnot. What about you? Are you mature like me? And if so, have you chosen which group you want to be a part of? May I recommend AMAC? It's the Association of Mature American Citizens. See, mature is right there in the title. It's, that's why I know it's for people who are mature. AMAC stands for solvency in a time of runaway debt, national security and sovereignty over unchecked borders. They believe in the sanctity of life. In Washington, AMAC has been pushing back for years against the radical left socialist agenda. They were started during the Obama years. They get it. They'll stand with you. You stand with them. There is power in numbers. Go to amac.us slash Beck, amac.us slash Beck.
And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV tonight. Brand new, Sue Does America and Glenn TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program tonight at 9 o'clock, only on Blaze TV. We are going to talk to you a little bit about history. History is under attack, and we're going into civic action history, where the names and the places and everything, that doesn't mean anything. It's all about action, and kids love to take action. Civics action is coming to your school if it's not already there, and that is how to protest, how to march in the streets. Our kids are being indoctrinated, and they're not learning history. The new AP U.S. history standards do not include Hitler or the Holocaust and paint America as the bad guys in World War II because they only pick it up at the dropping of the atomic bomb. We set that correct for your kids today, and we show you how powerful that bomb was. We've got a couple of items that were actually in the blast of Hiroshima, uh, new to the vault, and it is, it's amazing. You don't want to miss tonight because we're going to show you what you can do. And speaking of that, uh, there was a great article out yesterday that I read, and I thought it was really, really well done by somebody who knows. Her name is uh, uh, Helen Raleigh. And she she uh, was born in China and lived in China for a while. And what she talked about how to fight this, what this cultural revolution, she's lived through one before. And I wanted to get her on. Hi, Helen. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Glenn? I'm very good. So can you just tell the story about what you wrote yesterday in The Federalist? Sure. So this is this is the one about uh, canceling Dr. Seuss, right? Yes, yes. And it's it's really heartbroken for me to read that uh, Dr. Seuss was canceled on his birthday. Um, I shared my experience of growing up in China. I never had the quality, uh, great children's literature. I shared the story I read as a, as a child. The the ch- uh, children's literature was available was about uh, condemning. And a beaten uh, landlord, landowner to death. And it was and the, 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 the rooster crows at midnight. Can you tell that story a bit? Sure. Okay. So the rooster crow at night was a children's, original for children, actually. It was about this evil landowner that uh, he was very cruel to everybody, the laborers who worked for him. And uh, the communist, thanks to the Communist Party who liberated all the poor people, they took a land and the livestock away from him and distributed it to all the poor people. So all the poor people were happy. And then one night in the midnight, he tried to steal a chicken from the poor people um, because he didn't have any. Uh, the story did not say that. And then uh, the children caught him. And the children who caught him, and there was a picture in the storybook, it's a black and white picture, show the children who have all pointed this shiny spear at him. And he was just nailed down on the ground, head dropped, hands tied at his back. It looks like really, you know, completely defeated. And the author who were interviewed after the story became really popular, uh, the author was interviewed, he mentioned this was a real life story. And the landowner who was caught after struggle session, he was uh, beaten to death. 
that's the story I read when I was a, a, a child that's a in China. Warm uh, story, and you, when you came to America, you knew about Dr. Seuss, but it wasn't until you. Um, until you had a child and you started reading that you read Dr. Seuss for the first time. And what was that experience like? It was very refreshing because I found um, that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fill out a missing chapter in my own childhood. And then I, I was making it up, you know, during my adulthood because there, there was no reason for me to even thought about reading it until, you know, I was about to become a mother. And I just love the colorful pictures. I love the simple words, but the rhymes. And I love the joy. And I just, those, even though it, those Dr. Seuss book written in simple words, but they have a deep meaning if you really think about it. Oh, yeah. You know, like the saying about if you keep your eyes shut, you will see nothing. You know, that's the perfect mm-hmm. for today's cancel culture. If you keep your mind shut, if you keep your eyes shut, you will see nothing, you will learn nothing. And I wish more of us will read his book instead of banning his book. Well, so what do you say about, because um, people say this is not the cancel culture, um, but it is when eBay refuses to sell um, a used copy of the book, I think. Um, but what mm-hmm. do you say that it was the, the family that, that said, I don't, we don't want to print these books anymore. They own the copyright. So is it cancel culture or is it just, what, what is it exactly? Because there are really uh, n- uh, negative stereotypes of Chinese people in, I can't believe I saw it on Mulberry Street. Right, but uh, let's just unpack this a little bit. First of all, it was not Chinese American immigrants who raised any questions about that. You know, we cannot use today's uh, moral standard to judge things that happened, you know, take place with their historical context. If we do that, there's nobody's perfect. We're going to cancel all the valuable of things ever ever been created because there's nothing going to be perfect enough. And I think that's why this cancel culture is really, it's a culture, it's a left, left it's a culture revolution. And it's not going to stop by banning a few books or tear down a few statues. It, it, it's, a, it's a movement to really cancel the Western civilization. The, the banning of few books, pulling down these few statues is just, just the beginning. That's why I mentioned in my piece, I see the parallel between what's happening in America, really in the Western civilization today, is really parallel to what's happening in China during the Cultural Revolution. It's about a total destruction of the old world. So the uh, book map can create a ideologically purified new world. That's why I find this whole banning books and also eBay preventing you from even trading about it, trading a book voluntarily, that is really problematic. You know, uh, the, the Dr. Seuss enterprise, they only stopped publishing those books because the Volcomop complained about those books. It was not, the complaint did not, was not filed because Asian people complained. It was filed because the Volcomop decided that um, they are going to cancel Dr. Seuss' book and they're going to start with the most problematic ones and is it going to go down from there? They're never going to stop until they cancel everything. You, uh, you've lived through it. You saw the cultural revolution with, with Mao. And people say that that's crazy, that it would never happen here. But I contend that, you know, it starts with suggestions. Then it moves to shoving people, shouting and shoving. And when you've shouted and shoved everybody that you can, the only thing left is to shoot. 
Is that crazy to think that that kind of thing, that this is just going to continue until you, I mean, what are you going to do with the rest of the people that refuse to go along? How, how does this end if we don't wake up? Well, if we don't wake up, it's going to end just like the Cultural Revolution. It's going to be a total destruction of the Western civilization. And you're absolutely right. The, tra- <clears throat> the trajectory is the woke mob first going to pick something that we all agree that's problematic, right? Like the Confederate uh, statues, like the Dr. Seuss book with the racial stereotype drawing. So they're going to pick something that's problematic to begin with. Then most of us will say, yeah, those, you know, we can accept those things maybe not correct. But again, they will not stop there. Because if, if you listen to their speeches, if you look at their writings, they are deeply hostile to the entire Western civilization because they believe this civilization is inherently irredeemably racist and oppressive. So, the, so they're going to start with statues, they're going to start with a few books, but they won't stop until this whole civilization is being destroyed. And, and if, there, uh, if there are people who don't willing to go along, that's what, what happened in Cultural Revolution is eventually you're going to have to use blood to purify the, ideo- you know, to purify the ideology. So that, that may happen if we continue down this road. And people already losing jobs left and right, losing their la- livelihood today in America because they said something or wrote something that, you know, the woke mob do not like, and they will condemn them, uh, drive them out of the marketplace. That's happening here right now. Before I change subjects on you, I just want to point out that um – she she speak, it's not only the that they're going to wipe out the culture they wipe out your even your personal history helen as she was reading about this evil landowner uh and and how he was surrounded by kids and he and all landowners are evil it wasn't until later in life that she learned that her great grandfather was a landowner and that book was preaching against him as well she didn't know that. Um, let me just hit one more thing with you before you go. Next hour, we're going to talk about this this uh, uh, trend they're saying of white supremacists that are beating up Asians. And it does not ring true to me. We can't find anything uh, that seems legitimate on this. Do you have any insight on is this happening where, you know, Donald Trump fans are are beating up Asians? Well, so there's a definite rise of hate crimes against Asians um, since last year. So it's complicated. Um, last year, uh, most some of the complaints, I should say, related to the coronavirus, the pandemic, the fear. Um, but but this year. Uh, particularly in some of the most progressive cities in the United States, like San Francisco and New mm-hmm. York City, um, there are several very vicious, vicious attacks against Asian, uh, especially Asian seniors, unprovoked attack against Asian it's seniors. Crazy. And those, uh, yeah, and those perpetrators, they were not white. Uh, they were non-Asian, you know, minorities. Let me just put it that way. They were not white. But the activists now and, and the mainstream media try to portray this very vicious attack happened recently, somehow was driven by the white nationalism. Um, there's, there's just a disconnect there. And I think I wrote another piece for the Newsweek on this, uh, you know, related to this subject, um, because when you are not willing to 
identify the true root cause of a hate crime, you're going to cause the government to misallocate resources and not 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 able to protect the Asian communities, you know, effectively and efficiently. So I wish more people would speak up. The Asian the Asian community have have uh, spoken up against the critical race theory, and I wish more people will have yeah. the courage to speak up, identify the root cause of this. The Asian community has made a huge difference on critical race uh, on the West Coast, and uh, Helen. Thank you for everything that you do, and thank you for your courage for standing up. I, I know it's not easy, uh, but thank you for your example. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That's uh, Helen Raleigh. She is the senior contributor for The Federalist and the author of Backlash. You can follow her at HelenRaleighSpeaks.com. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Rough Greens. You've been talking, uh, you've been hearing me talk about Rough Greens for a year now, and it's a supplement that you sprinkle on your dog's food. It contains all kinds of vitamins and minerals and probiotics, antioxidants. Stu's dog wouldn't go outside. Uh, I mean, wouldn't really w- run around or do anything. And I saw a video of your dog, Miles, a thousand years old, <laughs> mm-hmm. running around outside and uh, walking right onto the ice uh, in the pool. And you jumped in that freezing water and saved him. That's how I remember it. It's a, what a, there might have been some details that you're exaggerating a little bit. But uh, wait, wait, wait. He fell into the water, didn't he? And he, weren't you looking for him under the water? No. Yes. Uh, really? Then I saw some. I saw a video of somebody. No, it was you. <laughs> Tell me I, what happened. I He walked onto the ice. He didn't fall through. He almost fell through. And I went out and scooted him back. But uh, he would have definitely been dead if he fell through. Uh, he wow. walked right by the open area. I saw another he, he video. Has, he and, can't see. And so yeah. he didn't realize there was snow on top of the ice. Did not realize he was walking across the pool. Luckily, I did see him and, and shift, uh, scoot him back. But you're, he does move around and he does run around a lot more than he used so to. So maybe you should stop feeding him rough green so he'd die already. So you don't <laughs> no. have to run out in your socks. Don't, don't, I know don't, it's don't horrible, it. isn't it? Don't do it. It's horrible. I can't think about it. He's 150 a, years old right I know. now. He was born. He was at the actual signing of the Declaration of Independence. Is this the... I know. He, he does he, look like that. Yeah. Is this the first dog that you've you've had grow old on you like no, this? Well, no. We had Phoebe, uh, oh, our right. other pug who uh who grew to 17 before it she is. she wow. died they, both of them i'm are. lucky to get to 12 with my dogs <laughs> we've had good luck with I'm, the dogs but it's it does German not make shepherds. it any easier man i'll yeah. tell you rough greens if you love your dog as much as we love ours uh get them rough greens i mean they they will love it and you will see a difference and dr dennis black the inventor of rough greens understands that not everybody's dog is going to like this so he's decided to help you find out if your dog likes the product before you commit to purchasing i don't know anybody's dog who hasn't loved this stuff but uh, your dog is probably going to love it. But you can get a free bag of Rough Greens now just for your dog to try out. All you do is pay for the shipping. So call them or go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. 833-GLEN-33, 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. You can call them today. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mike Lee is going to be joining us in just a few minutes uh, from the Senate. He is uh, going to talk to us a little bit about the For the People Act. 
It's now heading over to uh, the um, Senate. And shortly thereafter, the PRO Act, which is the Labor Union Act, which is is devastating, just devastating to freedom. Also, we're at thirty trillion dollars now as our uh, our debt, thirty trillion dollars. And is, how do we maintain this? I, I keep coming to this conclusion of like there's some number right where we hit it and it's irreversible and we're really screwed. And we're certainly they say a hundred inching it right. I, they're saying a hundred and twenty percent is uh, of, of GDP of GDP is the no return point of no return and we're not there yet gdp is 21.4 trillion so if we're at 30 trillion well then we are (laughs) oops oops Uh, sorry you're screwed america yeah sorry sorry. uh so uh but maybe you know the the idea is this is a temporary thing surely (laughs) surely they're gonna stop all this crazy spending in any why are you laughing i don't don't know i just think you're funny okay you're just cute i remember when i was young and naive